Did you watch the movie? Listen, I was. <laughs> I've had a long week. Welcome to the Film Find, your greatest source for movie hero discussion. That's my other podcast. What the fuck? I don't even know what I'm Jesus doing anymore. Christ. Jeez, you can't take me anywhere, man. Jeez, man. I don't no, even know why I try anymore. We are the greatest movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to any sort of other movie podcast before, this is the only one you've ever listened to. In which case, you would go, God damn it, those guys are unfucking professional. Especially that jackass behind the mic. Look, I, here's yes. the thing. Here's the thing, okay? I got a new board. All right, shut up, Kanye. All right, so I got a new, I got a new board, right? I got a new audio board, so uh, things may sound a little different. Hopefully, not too badly different, but I, I really don't know. Like, I haven't gotten used to it yet. I don't know where shit is at, and I'm still, I'm like trying to like do two or three different things at once, uh, and, and I don't know what I'm doing yet. So it's it's, it's going to be a transitional period here of trying to figure out what's what. That's all. Is that a good enough excuse? That'll be fine, I think. All right, as long as I get. I I mean, look, I'm I'm here in Atlanta. I have no fucking clue what's going on over there anyway. I don't either. So, you know, <laughs> that makes two of us. So, folks, so, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. And you know what? Uh, we got some good stuff. First of all, uh, we're going to jump in. We got two big uh, new release reviews for you this week. Well, one didn't exactly... <laughs> Wasn't exactly big at the box office, but we'll talk about that. Neither one were. No, well, no, the first one did okay. I mean, consider. Well, I mean, it, it, just the box of office overall was pretty shitty. Oh no, that's you're not wrong right, there. Like, anyway, we'll we'll talk about that. So we got two new release reviews for you this week. Not letting you guys down whatsoever. Uh, so we're going to be talking about Unfinished Business, the new movie with Vince Vaughn. And if you can't remember that title, uh, you're probably a lot like me. <laughs> because, and everyone else who didn't go see it and no one else really saw that so we're going to be talking about that and of course we're going to be talking about the new movie from Neil Blomkamp Chappie now Chappie um, did not make a lot of money at the box office 13 million dollars uh, is still the uh, weekend still number one but 13 million is oi boy that is not good uh, no. And this is going to be the guy who's helming our next Alien film. So we're going to talk about that a little bit when we get to that review. Uh, so so keep an ear out for that. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to be talking about both of those films today and everything. And, of course, we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, new release or our uh, fucking what you've been watching segment, all that kind of good stuff. But I'm excited. I'm sorry I'm excited because we have... Yes, sir. A new iTunes review. Oh my lord! It has been a while. We we like to, first of all, we got to thank Hunter for actually doing that one a while back. And this guy, he's another HMP listener coming over reviewing this. He was actually, believe it or not, our first iTunes review on HMP. So we got to oh, wow. give a big fucking props on that. So took him a little while to get over here, but that's okay. We're a different kind of breed. That's for damn sure. Yeah, we, I know that I take. <laughs> 
some uh, getting used to. No, well, it's not just you. It's just like, I mean, <laughs> I've had some people just go, oh, my God, you swear a lot. And I'm like, well, this is more really me than it is the other show. <laughs> The other sh- the other show's got a lot of my personality. There's no doubt about that. But it is very edited through uh, as to uh, <laughs> what I say and do. Uh, but this one is uh, entitled Great Movie Pod. It is by our good friend here, Fat Daddy 3474. Um, probably his IQ because this cat is intelligent, as is reading uh, his review right now. Uh, it, it reads as such. I have been making this a must-listen for the past three months. I love the honest talk about practically every movie being released, no matter how painful some of them must be to watch. Good conversation, <laughs> great insight, incredible listening. Uh, thank you, Fat Daddy 3474. We really appreciate that. Uh, we would appreciate you guys going out, reviewing us on iTunes. Uh, it's just a quick review like that. It's super simple. Just throw down a little five-star, say what's what, and uh, you know we're off to the races. So we really appreciate that. Anybody that takes the time to uh, go out and give us iTunes review. Thank you so much for doing that, and uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for listening. So, uh, and I know enough of you have been out there listening. The numbers, you know, we're not amazing. We're not blowing up the world just yet, but I know enough of you are listening. Two seconds. Come on, we're giving you good free content every single week, and we've been doing this more consistently than we ever fucking have in the entire uh, three years of this podcast actually being a podcast. Yeah, not not for lack of uh, like trying. No, uh, we've really, but we've lot, really sat it down there. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it is Matt's fault. If we're going to put I, it at somebody's feet. No, if, <laughs> if I'm going to be completely honest, like it is, uh, you know, I I got a busy fucking life, and I could not figure out how to make this a weekly thing for a long fucking time. Uh, but here I am, making it's it working. happen, making it happen because I love you guys. Oh, ain't that sweet, kids? <laughs> I Five love star all you review. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the show proper here. So, uh, Matt, what have you been watching recently, sir? Uh, well, I think we're going to do a little uh, little roundtable discussion at some point about this, but it, I've been watching the new uh, Netflix show, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and uh, I have to tell you, it's fucking fantastic. So when she finds um, out that she's a superhero, what happens then? <laughs> am, I the only, am I the first fucker to make uh, that joke? I don't know. I haven't read no reviews. I don't. I don't know. Be pretty bitching uh, if she did turn into a superhero, like on fucking like uh, like number eleven. All of a sudden, you found out she couldn't be hurt by shit. Oh my god, be, I'd freak out. It would be okay. Um, turns out like Bruce Willis is her dad and oh, shit like that. Be so fucking dope. Uh, two two um, seconds. Two seconds. We'll we'll get back to that in just a moment. <laughs> Hey, this show is nothing if not tangents. Did you see the fucking screen junkies thing with Pat Oswalt talking about the, uh, the 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 sequels to Unbreakable? No, I do yourself a goddamn favor. I Fucking go to that on YouTube. He sits with uh, the host of Screen Junkies, and they talk about what Patton Oswalt's ideas for Unbreakables two and three are. Just, just fast, great stuff. Can we keep can t- we let him do it? Well, he wants, believe it or not, he wants Shyamalan to direct them. Well, that's fine. I don't think that Shyamalan's problem is his camera choices. <laughs> I, th- I think it's his goddamn let, script. Let right? Patton write him. So. I'm sorry. I just had to take that. That I, It wasn't on purpose, but that was a quick sojourn. But Unbreakable, no, I, I mean, I whatever. The, look, man, Unbreakable is a uh, is a movie that I hold near and dear. I think it's underappreciated. Indeed. Uh, I, mostly I because it has the taint of Shyamalan on it. <laughs> um, Poor bastard. But, uh you know, and I like that guy too. So fuck off. Uh, I, yeah. Anyway, I think you and I are the only people that actually like the happening. You uh, like that well, one, right? I have, <laughs> I have a like perverse interest in that movie. <laughs> uh, okay, anyway, uh, I'll I'll go on another tangent here. Uh, so what I like about the happening, uh, for those of you who don't know, who've never 
heard me talk about it is like I don't know what the acting is about in that movie. It fascinates. It's, they're like uh, like Wal- like people look at that movie and they go, oh, Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel, they're really bad. They're not. They're just weirdly like ultra naturalistic, right? Like like they speak and say their lines exactly how you would. What are all these honeybees to- doing here? I don't understand. Right. All the honeybees are dying. What's <laughs> yeah, going on, guys? It has nothing to do with like conveying <laughs> the intensity of character or, or <laughs> like moving the story along emotionally or anything like that. It's just like the most flat naturalistic line readings. And I have to think that's like for a purpose, right? Like, like uh, the, I have the same weird, everybody says that Nicholas Cage is fucking terrible in uh, the Wicker Man remake. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think we've talked about this too at some point, right? Like, I don't think he's terrible in that movie. I think that movie is a fucking over the top dark comedy. And he's actually doing something really amazing, but like uh, the director on that, uh, Neil Labute, right, doesn't mm-hmm. know what to do with Nick Cage, and that's the problem. Yeah. Uh, anyway, fucking, it's your fault, uh, Neil. That's that's my aside on like what <laughs> I find interesting about the happening. I just cannot wrap my brain around like what the acting is doing in there. I think also a very underappreciated John Leguizamo performance in that movie. No, no fucking front. I think he's probably yeah. the best performance in that film. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, he's great. Um, and also that story doesn't suck. Uh, it doesn't. Just, it doesn't fucking suck. It's a good idea. It's just weirdly executed, right? Yeah. Um. Anyway, we've. T- Whatever. Shit that doesn't matter for far too long. Mm-hmm. So here's some more shit that doesn't matter. <laughs> um, uh, so Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt's really funny. It's a new show from uh, Tina Fey. Uh, I forget who co-created with her, and I feel fucking terrible about that. But we'll talk about it on the episode we do. Um, it's really funny. It's 13 episodes. You guys will love it. Uh, if you like 30 Rock, if you hate 30 Rock, you'll probably not love it. Fan <laughs> it's, of 30 it's... Rock, so I must probably enjoy it. I shall. Um, I shall review it. I shall watch it at some point. For sure. Yeah, you should. Um, okay. Uh, what else have I been watching, though? Uh, Movie-wise, it's been another pretty slim week. Um, I did finally get around to seeing uh, The Drop, which uh, had, uh, like, James Gandolfini and Numi Rapace ah, yeah. and uh, fucking Tom Hardy. Yeah, right? what you, what'd you think? I kind of I, I liked it well I enough. I liked it, man. It was good. Uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's, it is what it is, right? It's a little like underworld kind of flick. Yeah. Uh, not with not, vampires, but no, 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 no. Like, like criminal, <laughs> yeah. under, right. It's a crime movie. Um, very basic, not flashy. Uh, it's not like amazing. I wouldn't say, but it's good. I enjoyed it. Tom Hardy's great. Nemi Rapace is great. James Gandolfini's great. Uh, so that gets a, that gets a recommendation. Great, great probably. Netflix watch for sure. No doubt. Oh, a real solid one. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, like, I. I would spend a couple of bucks to get it on Blu-ray from Redbox if uh, if if it's not on Netflix. I don't even know if it is on Netflix. I, I was thinking it was. It might not be, but it might it might be. Uh, I I um I just borrowed someone's copy of it. <laughs> you fucking thief! You owe Numi Rapace money, you son of a bitch. I named my dog after her, so she's fine. <laughs> you got yours. <laughs> she got hers. My dog's name is Numi. Uh, for real, legit. That is her name. This is how we um, is, folks. Promise. <laughs> that's just how it is. Um, so that's what I've been watching. Uh, I also been checking out some old uh, uh, Rainer Werner Fassbender flicks uh, because I'm teaching New German Cinema after spring break. And uh, what a nerd! All that shit's fucking good <laughs> ass, son. 
Um, anyway, that's it. What you been watching, brother? Ah, uh, not too awful much. Uh, I just finished up. I got uh, I got Star Trek: The Next Generation, uh, uh, season three on Blu-ray for Christmas. And of course, if you know how that season ends, it's a great uh, you know the great Borg uh, cliffhanger there. Uh-huh. And uh, so I don't have season four on Blu-ray. So then I go to streaming on Netflix, and whoo boy, what a difference! <laughs> 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 because the stuff that's on Netflix ain't the remastered stuff, so it looks yeah. like garbage. Uh, so, but man, those Blu-rays look fucking great, man. And I, I, I need to get some bread to really finish out to, just to get that whole collection there because it's it's so damn good. Um, but good stuff. Uh, let's see. The only other thing that I've really uh, been watching, I got the first episode. Uh, it was really quick. I uh, didn't didn't have enough time to watch a lot more, much else, but I did watch the first episode of the new uh, House of Cards uh, season. Uh, How good, was it? Good, so far so good. Uh, Does very- his accent change again? <laughs> uh, there, there was a great who fucking did that. Somebody put up a goddamn video about his accent and Southern accents in in, uh-huh. in film and cinema. It was very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I can't fucking remember. Who, I want to say it was like Revision Three or somebody did it, but it was it was it was a very interesting video to talk about how uh, the different Southern dialects and stuff, and, and living in the South, it's you know you, you do definitely yeah. recognize well, these re- things. What's really interesting about that about that uh, accent that he does is that it's a uh, like he's not from coastal South Carolina in the show, right? Like he's from the Upstate. Yeah, he's from Gaffney. But uh, I know this is a little inside baseball for those of you who don't give a shit. About- <laughs> about south carolina there's some interesting stuff in it though i mean for christ's sakes the whole vagina peach has a goddamn fucking subplot in in like season two right it's great uh so but right so but he has a coastal accent right a charlestonian low country accent Mm -hmm. in that show by and large is what it is uh which is not at all how people in gaffney talk Uh, we gotta punch out a couple teeth to talk like you're from gaffney (laughs) well that's i mean it's not even that right but like like literally different lineages of English speakers settled those parts of South Carolina. Right. So like the reason that there's that like weird, um, not moving your jaw too much kind of, uh, accent to the upstate, which is uh, right. It's like, it's where I'm from in South Carolina, although I've lived all over that state. Um, it, it comes from Scottish settlers, Right. Whereas the the low country accent comes from more proper British settlers, right? People who would have been able to afford to live in a port city, for example. Um, But I'm always fascinated by that shit because everybody else, I guess, buys that he's just from South Carolina, from Gaffney. Definitely Um, check out that video. Go go look at go go search out the video. It's very it's very interesting. But uh, anyway, Uh, a complete fucking tangent there. Into a linguistic uh, accent history. Let's see. So there was that. Uh, I started to watch something, but I stopped, so I don't remember what that was. <laughs> I just been right. I've been on a mild head trip <laughs> the past like two weeks. For uh, a couple for, of movie guys, we've gotten incredibly boring with our not watching shit. Well, we do. <laughs> hey, listen, we do. We for the past God knows how many weeks, we've reviewed two new releases on this fucking podcast every week. I want to find oh, yeah. another podcast that really does that and does it as well as we do. Go fuck yourself, other podcasts. I'm just. <laughs> I'm, I say that with love. I love it. Love in my heart. <laughs> we um, say that in uh, fucking brotherly. Yeah. Uh, 
Despite the fact that ear, all love. of you fuckers are probably got way more downloads than us. <laughs> Review us on iTunes, for Christ's sake. Uh, so, and those of you that have, thank you. God bless you. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's that's pretty much it for me. I swear to God I saw something else, but I cannot fucking for the life of me remember what it was. Well, let's talk about something else Anyways. that doesn't matter then. So, yes. So let's get on to another <laughs> thing that doesn't fucking matter. Here, uh, ladies and gentlemen, here is the trailer, the Red Man trailer, no less, for uh, Unfinished Bosses, our first new release review of this week. <laughs> What did I call it? Did I call it something weird? <laughs> it's late. What did I say? So the name of the movie is Unfinished Business. I said Unfinished Bosses, didn't I? Yeah, because also <laughs> Horrible Bosses 2. Horrible Bosses 2 was... Like what you we'll talk about that, too. Fuck it. Here's that goddamn Vince Vaughn movie. Listen to this shit. I just landed a huge deal for you. And then you tell me I'm going to take 5% less this year? You are replaceable. You say that kind of shit a lot. And that's why Brian Peters wrote, you're an asshole on your parking curve. What the fuck, Dan? That was one year ago. The next day I started my own company. I only have two employees. One's too old and one's too young. I've never been on a business trip before. I'm pretty jacked. Can you not say your whole name today? Because the client can lose focus. Hello, I'm like Pancake. What was your last name? Pancake. Like breakfast. It's Greek. It's delicious. Yum. The good news is we nailed a big deal and we're traveling to Germany to shake on it. Hey, Dan. Fuck me. This deal may not be done. You guys came together today? Well, I came, then Jim came on my face, but thanks for asking, Dan. <laughs> you guys coming inside? Well, yeah. I already came inside of Jim, but thank you for asking, so. <laughs> Jeez, guy. You're telling me we're bankrupt if we don't close this deal. Well, you're the little guy taking on the big guy. You're going to go up against me and dynamic systems. We're going to be hard to beat. The first rule is show the client a good time. Let's get fucked up. we do is party, party, and get high right now. This new lion, probably time to pass that. Throw it, you pussy. Second rule. How you doing? I'm here for a meeting. Forget all the other rules. You okay, Dan? I'm not crying. It's just poison in my eyes. This deal, I want to make love to a woman. Wheelbarrow position. How is it a wheelbarrow? One person's legs is being held up. Does that feel good? No. I mean, we should just try to do it normal. My balls kind of hurt a little. Losing confidence in the team. Unfinished business. Holy shit. And next on the upgrade list. <laughs> Sorry. I'd give you my seat, but I've never been upgraded. That's all right. But I appreciate you. It is an honor to sit in front of you. All right, everybody. Oh, fuck you, lady on the goddamn fucking. I'm sorry. Son I had of a to bitch. laugh at that part of the trailer. Uh, here, I apologize to all of you out there listening. Like, when the fuck is this dude laughing at? You were uh, muted. They didn't hear shit. Uh, <laughs> that's all I got. Okay, a good. soundboard. Um, yeah. Well, so this good. is this awesome. is this is unfinished business. Now, if you didn't call out fucking attention to yourself, you son of a bitch. Not very. Uh, I don't give a shit. No People one does know. at this point. People can see how this fucking sausage is made all they want to. <laughs> They're still gonna be grossed. <laughs> uh, yeah. So and if the fucking trailer sounded weird again, this is new soundboard material. So don't don't get on my nuts. 
Uh, We're figuring it out. It'll it'll work itself out. Okay, we so this some weeks before fucking superhero movies. Okay, guys, Jesus Christ, get your shit together. Uh, so here is uh, here's the IMDb plotline. As we know, IMDb always one hundred percent correct in everything they say and or do. Uh, a hardworking small business owner and his two associates travel to Europe to close the most important deal of their lives. But what began as a routine business trip goes off the rails in every way imaginable and unimaginable. That's a fucking shit, whatever. All right, this is directed by Ken Scott, written by Steve Conrad, starring Vince Vaughn, Dave Franco, for some weird reason, Tom Wilkinson, <laughs> James Marsden, uh, Sienna Miller, who, let's be frank, in this movie was clearly supposed to be uh, Christina Applegate, uh, and a couple other folks. But, um, oh, and Nick Frost. That's another big name. Um, so this uh, movie was uh-huh. was shown ad nauseum as far as trailers go in, in the theaters that I frequent, okay? Oh, yeah. I saw I saw the Red Band trailer every time I went to see yeah, something. If you go to see an R-rated movie, they were fucking playing this Red Band trailer like you wouldn't believe. Um, and the box office certainly didn't reflect that. <laughs> oh no! What did right? this thing open up at? Like oh, eighth or something? I had my I had my shit up. I am Hold so on, unorganized I'll just, today. I'll just pull it up. Hold on a second. But it was it was not too good. I mean this this thing it it promotes it promotes itself as a nice R rated comedy and everything. And let's be frank, I think for a while we have been kind of wanting for R rated comedies. There haven't been a ton of them. That uh, goddamn it debuted at number ten, four million bucks. Yeah, Woo. ten. Uh, underneath the duff, sweet baby Jesus. How much has the duff made so far? Twenty six mil. I Woo. guarantee that movie will make more than unfinished business. Oh, there's no doubt at this point, because um, they got nowhere to go but down with this. Because, <laughs> and I think when people really see this, now here's the thing: this is Va- uh, Vaughn's fifth flop in a row. Did you realize that? And it it sucks. I like Vince Vaughn. I, yeah, do. I do too. Uh, but this is it's not been going well. And yeah. now, granted, the director of this is the same director that did that last flick that he did where he, like, got chicks pregnant or some fucking shit. Yeah. Uh, well, this... that one I don't think was ever going to, uh, like, make money because it was a remake of a French movie that was really good. Um, yeah, because that's why that's why American audience didn't go see it. Come on. No, I mean, like, the the remake looked like shit, right? Like, that's why they didn't go and see it. But it was a remake of something that was good, and, of course, Hollywood... Uh, fucked everything good up about it, but right, like, uh, like the watch was was a big flop for him, right? Uh, the dilemma, yeah. Uh, couples retreat, the internship, and then unfinished business. Those are the five like big comedies that right, like cost. They had significant budgets, yeah, and they and they flopped, right? Those are the big ones. So Delivery Man's not even one of them. Um, it's it's those five, right? Couples retreat, dilemma, watch, internship. This one, yeah, and five this, in a row. This this bad boy ran thirty five mil to shoot. So, and you're looking at you know easily an advertising budget of at least that, if not that uh-huh. plus half. Yeah. Um, not good, man. Not fucking yeah. good. Uh, and here's the thing. Here's the big problem with this is like I don't think the premise of this movie is bad. I don't think the idea is bad. The execution for this movie, the biggest problem is, is that it's almost like it doesn't know what the fuck it really wants to be. Yeah. Is it is it going to be this hard R-rated kind of, you know, sort of gross-out comedy? Is it going to be kind of a more light-hearted, 
you know, touching family moment type shit going on here? Is it just about a guy who's trying to pull up his bootstraps in the world and make him uh, make a man for himself in this uh, in this troubled business world that we live in today? Yeah, um, this this movie lacks focus. Yeah, it tries <laughs> it tries too many different things and doesn't accomplish anything in in that in the in the trying to accomplish something. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. Um, I, I wish also that it had committed to the hard R a little more than it did. Yeah. Um, because it's certainly like there are moments right where I did laugh at some of this. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Like there are really, really funny moments in here, but they're too far, uh, and, uh, too few and far in between. Right. It's, uh, one of the funniest things was, uh, when, uh, Franco walks into uh, this glory hole situation. Yeah, and we're going right? to, listen, and for those of you out there, you're, you're not going to go see this by and large, so, you know, we're going to spoil the shit out of this, so just be fucking prepared. And, you, yeah. you know, you don't need to you don't We're need not going to gonna spoil Chappie nearly this much. No, but, yeah, no, th- that that is one of the better scenes in this. And, again, and it's not because, you know, I mean, well, maybe. Depends on who you are, I suppose. But it's not because there's a shitload of dicks on the screen. It's because they do something that they're a little bit more... You know, they decide to go a little further, so oh, yeah. to speak. No, that, like that movie, uh, that scene in that movie goes there, right? Yeah. Uh, in a in a funny way. Um, here's the other thing. I honestly don't know what to make of Dave Franco's character. Um, I don't think he's bad. In fact, he might be the only one actually acting in the movie. Right, because um, we've seen Dave Franco act like you know, like you know, a very confident, cocky teenager. Uh, just look at what we uh, what we saw earlier this year with him in uh, what was the fucking Seth Rogen movie, Neighbors. Neighbors. Uh, he was great Last in that. Year. Completely different character in that piece than this piece. So we know that it's not like oh, they got this weird kid to do that. We've seen him in enough different things to where we know this this kid can can act. Yeah, and it's it's very weird, weird. This character is that uh, the it's a. It, his character makes you a little uncomfortable and it's not in like a way that it should because what they, what they establish him as is the guy who teaches the other guys at the group home that he lives at where they teach people how to iron shirts and do useful things. Right. So they're, they're positioning him as mentally disabled in some way. I was about to say, yeah, but he's like, they're like, he's the one that teaches stuff, but on the spectrum, he's the least affected of them all. Yes. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, and that leads to some great moments, uh, like for that, right? Like where it's not really, it's not mocking the character, right? I think the dick scene is one of them, um, where it's just <laughs> that like, that great. That scene's great. Where right. he's just no, no, like, no. I'm, I'm saying like it that, touched that my face. One, right? Yeah. It's that it, that isn't one because it's like, so, it's just so out of his element. Right. Yeah. Like that's what the joke is. Um, but there are other moments where it's like, like you almost feel like the joke is about him, like not being able to understand shit, right? Like mm-hmm. the mispronunciation of words and how Vince Vaughn's character gives him shit about that after he knows what's up, right? <laughs> um, I don't know, man. It, it, it's, it's like it's funny, character. but at the same time, it's like, oh, that's a little. It's but funny, it's, but it's fucked it's up at the same time. Yeah, right. So it's uncomfortably so. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. Nick Frost, solid as well. Everybody else in this movie, I just think, like, showed up to get a paycheck and act like they were smoking pot or whatever. Um, I don't know. Like I said, there were moments that were laugh out loud. Very few moments. But they were there. The rest of the movie 
there's barely chuckles. But you're right, man, though. Like, Nick Frost came to play in this movie. He, he plays mm-hmm. somebody that's very different from him, obviously still British, uh, but plays it. But play, yeah, and a big, fat British guy, of which he's played many a times and into yeah. much great accord. Uh, but he plays he plays a gay man in this who uh, is very misunderstood within his life and is very put upon and stuff, and yes. he has a very interesting character I think in a, in a, in a lot of ways. Now, granted, they probably don't go nearly deep into it as perhaps they should. Uh, no, I but wanted a movie about his character. His right? character's almost like it's got more of an interesting story than what these guys do. Uh, you know, I mean, we don't even get into. Well, granted, it's not necessarily where you want to to go in this movie. But why is this like? For example, we meet back up with him in in the uh, in the men's in the gay men's uh, bar restroom or whatever there, yeah. and he's up, you know, with the glory hole and whatnot, and they found out that it's him. You know, they go into it just a little bit, but I mean, it, it was an interesting that this guy who's very high up in this you know kind of company and stuff, he's not the top dog, but he's he's high enough, but gets shit on a whole bunch. Why is this one of these things that he's going out to to do? And you know the the difference about how like what his character feels like and how he's you yeah. know feels put upon and stuff. There's a lot of fucking interesting things right there, but at the same time, that's not something that has dick all to do with this movie. Yeah, right. And it's one of those other unfocused moments. Right? Yeah, it's Where like it's just you either need that to be full front and center and have something about that and make that really something, or just fuck it and forget it all together. Yeah, I think I think that's spot on. Um, it, yes, it, it's frustrating because it's just like you see this movie and there is something in it that like you can see it you can see that there's a good movie deep down in here, but it feels like they rush this thing out to to you know out of the oven. Excuse me, out of the yeah, oven too so. fast, you know? Yeah, well, and and I don't... The weird thing about that is I don't even know what they were trying to capitalize on, right? Exactly. It, feel, it feels like a movie that's sort of reactionary to something, but you can't figure out what that reactionary statement is towards. Well, or to, like... Yeah, or, or even how they would think about marketing this thing, right? So, like you're selling this thing because, Oh, we really liked Vince Vaughn and wedding crashers. Wedding crashers was fucking 10 years ago. Almost. Yeah. Right. Uh, like, I don't know, man, that's a long fucking time ago to be selling. Like, don't rush this shit. That's what happened after wedding crashers and all that shit was terrible. Um, mm, yeah, uh, I, mean, I don't know I, what they were going for. I don't know. Uh, it, do, it doesn't work in any case. It, it absolutely just does not work. Um, so my fi- my final verdict, just to get this one done and uh, over with, because I have a shit ton to say about Chappie, <laughs> um, don't don't bother with it, honestly. Um, yeah, that's it. I don't. I mean, <laughs> I if you're like if you're it. high in a couch on a on a Wednesday and you got when, nothing else to do, and this is on Netflix, maybe, maybe, but, but maybe other shit on Netflix that you could rewatch that I right, like, maybe find yeah. fucking Ghostbusters and watch it. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just I, I guess I guess the weirdest thing almost all of like I said like Sienna Miller's casting is really weird in this. Um yeah. she doesn't really bring anything to the party. Mm-hmm. And it's and, and I'm not blaming her. Uh, no, she's not known for her comedy, right? I mean, she she's can be funny, but uh you're right when you when you pointed out like oh, she's clearly supposed to be Christina Applegate. Like that is who they would get to play this, right? And would make sense. Mm-hmm. I think a little bit more than Sienna Miller. And I'm not, I'm not dissing her or anything, but I just don't think this was a role for her and uh, what she did bring to it. And I'm again, I'm not blaming her solely for this. This is more writing and directing, uh, but it really lent nothing to, to the movie at all. 
No. Well, and uh, I will say if there's one benefit uh, to this movie, it's that she didn't have a baby doll to act with. <laughs> At least. Um, That's, that, that much is true. Are we through talking about that baby doll? I think That's so. still a thing that everybody should talk about all the time is that fucking terrible goddamn baby doll. Tom Wilkinson is just slumming it in this movie. <laughs> That's another thing that drives me up the wall. Yeah, well, they rely what what okay. So maybe fucking final words we got li- for me know, should be this. I don't thing. know. I got some of it, these things are just like it's 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 bothering me because it's like it should be so much better. Well, what what bothers me about Tom Wilkinson, and maybe it's the same for you in this movie, right? Nothing bothers me objectively about Tom Wilkinson. That no, he's would a be great fucking actor. insane. Uh, what what bothers me in this movie is um, they treat his character as like, oh, this is just going to be funny because of what it is, right? It's an old guy who wants to have sex with young women and get stoned and drunk. Uh, Isn't that funny? And that, I I guess in the fucking 1930s, when Mae West and fucking Groucho Marx were like making jokes about this same shit, then yeah, that was just funny then. Um, But character development is a thing now. And, uh, I mean, unless you're doing a specific type of comedy, but that's not what this fucking movie is, right? This is not something that relies on caricature, but that is what that character is. It's just like, see, guys, he's smoking pot now. He's stoned, right? Isn't it great? Um, Yeah. There's the bad subplots with with his family and stuff. And, like, and again, it's like one of these things. It's like, if you're going to make it about that movie, make it about that fucking movie. But there's talking about Vaughn's family. Yeah, Vince Vaughn's family. Okay. So, you know, we're you know, they try to make it about like with his kids and stuff and it's just like it seems like something that's out of a completely different movie. Uh-huh. That doesn't really fit and jibe with this as well. Uh, you know, they either needed to make him a family man and bring it more towards I'm like cuz to me what what that the bit of his family and stuff, that's a PG-13 movie. Make an R-rated yeah. movie and get 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 the family out of here. Don't have those family moments. You know, you can have him relate to his family in some sort of fucking way. But there's a whole giant subplot with his family and what the kids are going through and stuff like that that doesn't necessarily really belong in this movie, or at least what they're trying to accomplish. And that's what's that's the biggest thing is that they try to cover. This is almost the definition of a four quadrant movie to where they're going, here's the cross section. Here's where we got to hit with everything. The only thing they Uh didn't have was like a quirky black character that they could have thrown in here. That would have really gotten everybody because we got the the gay big man who's British. Making uh, Lazarus effects so they couldn't get it. Yeah, exactly. He was busy on that one. Otherwise, we could have CGI'd his ass into this and it would have made perfect because we don't have. Well, there's one black guy in it, but he's not quirky enough for for this thing. And he's just a side character. So he don't count. Um, so that's 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 uh, unfinished business, and uh, you would be left uh, best left unfinishing it yourself and not worrying about it. Well, I know I'm finished. I am finished with it too. So let's get into our second new release review of the week. Here is our uh, here's not our. We didn't do anything about it. No, Here I'll is, fucking take credit. For I this did this trailer, trailer for Chappie. So uh, listen to that shit.
That's a watch. That's a watch. Watch. It's like a child. It has to learn. Your name, Jappy. Jappy. Anything you want to do in your life, you can do. Write poetry, have original ideas. Wow. People are always fearful of something they don't understand. The problem with artificial intelligence is it's way too unpredictable. You know what's a black sheep? No. It's like when you're different to everyone else. You taught us so much more than I could ever have imagined. We're gonna make you cool and tough. Don't laugh, I'm being cool. This robot is gonna be removed. He's just a kid. It could be the next step in evolution. I am consciousness. I am alive. I am Jeppy. Alright, that was a trailer for our last new release review of this week. Chappie, uh, written and directed by Neil Blomkamp, uh, co-written there by uh, Terry Tressel. I don't know, fuck it. Yes. Okay, sure. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Uh, here's the IMDb plot line. In the near future, crime is patrolled and by a, me- a mechanized police force. When one police droid, Chappie, is stolen and given new programming, he becomes the first robot with the ability to think and feel for himself. This, of course, is starring Dev Patel, Hugh Jackman, Sigourney Weaver. Uh, yes, uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Ninja. We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, Yolandi Vasir. I'm sure I'm guessing that's right. Uh, and, and, of course, uh, uh, Chappie himself is playing by uh, Shalto Copley, so you can't not have a Neil Blomkamp movie without him in it, I don't think. But that's a good thing. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Yeah. Um, but this is uh, this is uh, Neil Blomkamp's follow up to uh, to Elysium, uh, though the. Uh, right. Though the uh, the uh, trailer and everything would only let you know that he ever directed uh, District Nine. <laughs> yeah, Elysium um, not a successful film. Not 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 that much. I liked Elysium enough. It was all right. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't no. District Nine, but it wasn't. I didn't hate it by any stretch. No, I mean it, it has serious structural issues. I think. What? But didn't I, I? didn't have. I didn't overall. Didn't have a problem with it. But uh, so this is his uh, his true kind of follow up here, and we're going to talk about Neil Blomkamp and where he's going to kind of go with this, uh, because this is this is going to be very interesting, and and also I think uh, some of that's going to also play into uh, some of the reviews for this because they're not been good. Um, it's cert- currently sitting at like twenty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is uh, not so good. And I got to say, uh, when I went into this movie and came out of it. I don't know what the hell these people were talking about. I enjoyed the shit out of this movie. Same. I have no idea what movie these guys watched. Yeah, and, and it's almost like they watched a shitty movie, uh, which this movie is not. I I don't understand. I it. mean, that's the only. Th- I, I have no clue, right? What what the fuck they saw? What you um, were expecting, or you know? I mean, I would I would say minimum uh, for me. This is a. Four out of five, seven out of ten, however you want to score that yeah. shit. Minimum. I'm inclined to score it higher because I just personally enjoyed the hell out of it so much, right? 
Yeah, so I mean, so it takes place in kind of a a, a future. We don't really know uh, what date, which I like. Uh, you know, so kind of gives well, it maybe it's sort of two a two years in the future. Is it just two years? Is it really two thousand seventeen? Yeah. Okay, I did. I didn't. They mentioned it once, very early on. I the, just must have missed at the very beginning. Okay, so in the very new near future, I kind of don't like that at the same time because then it's just gonna it's gonna date it super fast. It's just like why don't you just date it in the kind of unpredictable future? I don't know. That's just maybe me being a little bit. You know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but, uh, so, so it's the future, the, the near future, very near future, apparently. And, uh, so instead of having police running out through everything, there's a big kind of, uh, you know, precursor here with Anderson Cooper. Quick aside, I'm sorry, any fucker who, uh, is in mainstream media or any media for that fucking matter, you go on into a movie as a talking head being an actor. Guess what? You are no longer ever relevant to me as a media personality. Go fuck yourself. That's absurd. No, it's fucking stupid. You're that you're such an absurd. It's, it's not. They're, I mean, they're granted they're all fucking actors, and that's what they're doing while they're on their goddamn show. Well, but let's Anderson not get Cooper, bogged down. I'm in just saying that's, that's a conspiracy theory. That's just a quick one. It's not. Just I can't one. even deal with this that's tonight a, at all. That's a quick just <laughs> joined her off to the end. That's all I'm saying. Anyways. <laughs> Fuck him. Um, anyway. Oh, Jesus <laughs> uh, But no, so he gives like a big backstory about how the police, you know, are have not decided, they've, you know, put out this robot police force and everything, and they're kind of being the, uh, you know, walking human shields in a lot of cases. And uh, the regular police force has really been, you know, scaled back a whole bunch, and this has really helped detour crime and a whole bunch of this, that, and the other. So, uh, and then, so one of the creators of the, uh, of the robot and everything that's given this, um, all this programming and stuff has been developing for a long time, artificial intelligence. And he has decided, uh, you know, he wants to push this forward. And, you know, instead of just being, you know, these nice police robots and everything, he goes to Sigourney Weaver's character. Who's kind of, I don't know if she runs the police or whatever the fuck her real job is. But she, just, it's a private arm arms contractor. Uh, okay. Did you watch the movie? Listen, I was, <laughs> I've had a long week. I don't want to talk about my week, but I've had a long week. She does I'm stuff. I'm just fucking with And you. so so he's basically like, hey, you know, I want to do this thing. And she's just like, are you kidding me? What are you, stupid right now? <laughs> We're supplying all these damn things here. We can't go off to have your little fantasy fucking land over here. So he's working and trying to make, you know, he finally develops this artificial intelligence, gets a uh, robot that's kind of crashed out and everything, and decides, hey, I'm going to put it all in this thing. And uh, things don't go quite as planned. No. He um, meets these crazy South Africans. So the let's uh, this leads directly to the best thing about this movie. Here's where I know where you're going, which is that Deant word, right? The rap rave group, Ninja and Yolandi Visser play themselves in this movie. <laughs> now, and and apparently 2 years in the future have fallen on such hard times that they are now committing armed robbery. Uh makes sense. constantly. Um I love that they play themselves. I don't, I don't know why. See, are they really it now? Is, see, I don't know enough about the group. I'll, I'll be straight on that. Are they, are they playing? They're playing themselves. Hmm. They are playing themselves for real. Because I know they uh, were listening to this. I thought it was just maybe like a Tony Danza type thing where they're just like, "Fuck it, we'll name him Tony because he's too stupid to know his own." To know no, no, if no, he no, looks no. in the page and it, it says Gary, that that's him. The, the characters that they have developed as this group, right? Uh, are exactly the characters that are within this like fictional universe. They're playing themselves. Um, and it 
fucking works for me, man. I don't <laughs> don't know why uh, that should surprise any. I love these guys. I'm going to see them uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, but just the fact that they play themselves as gangsters is <laughs> like like low level white trash like stick up artists, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. There's something about that. I'm just like, this is so batshit. It shouldn't work. And yet I'm totally on board with it. And I think what probably pisses a lot of people off is you get to this part of the movie where um, he's uploaded the intelligence, uh, the AI algorithm, right? Or he's he's going to. And he gets hijacked by them mm-hmm. because they have this plan that they need to repro- or uh, to cut off all of the police bots in order, so, uh, in order for them to, like, be able to steal a bunch of money and get away with it, right? Good idea. Um. But then they end up actually in control of Chappie for a good portion of this movie. And it's it sets up such a weird, contentious relationship between us, the audience, and Chappie, this robot who is learning about the world, right? Uh, that I don't know that people really can process that once they get to that point. They're just like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What the fuck movie is this, right? You've got characters talking this robot into, uh, like, killing people <laughs> and trying to make, like, it's it, it'd be like, to show you how insane this is and why I think people aren't on board with it, it would be like watching the good guys in a movie, right? Your main characters who are not the bad corporate asshole, which is Hugh Jackman in this flick. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like watching them train uh, 12-year-olds to commit murder in the name of whatever fucking cause, right? right? But these are the guys you're supposed to like at some point. Yeah, you see I, what I'm saying? I, I, and I think yeah. that relationship's just really weird for audiences. I'm on board because I don't give a shit. I think that's a great twist on some shit that could have been very old and state. I've been saying for months now that this movie looks like short circuit and Robocop and it is partially that shit, Mm -hmm. but also completely not that shit. (laughs) Uh, And I think that's an important distinction to make. And I think that a lot of people are dwelling on the things that it is uh, from those movies rather than the things that it's not from those movies. And that's where I think the innovation is. Yeah. I mean, what I liked about this was I thought it was such a great, you know, uh, morality tale and just mm-hmm. kind of and like the the whole uh, where you're brought up and how things uh, develop with people. And, you know, the the things that we bring on to our own personalities and stuff that we kind of, you know, quote unquote, bring to the party with everything, how that not only relies upon where you are, but who you are, how you're brought up. And these things and that there is a there is a thing of, you know, nature and nurture and how those are things that are applicable to to life. And that this is that first form of life that is not that that is not, you know, like a regular thing that has that long progression of time. This Mm -hmm. is a thing that's going to progress within, you know, under a week's time and grow from literally like an infant's level of mentality of coming out of the womb, not knowing English, not knowing anything to becoming a functional member, quote unquote, of society, whether they be good or for bad or whatever. And the journey with which that character takes. And I thought that was very compressed time interesting way to go about you know displaying this character for everybody well and so here's here's why i think with just tacking on to what you said here's why i think that this works as a movie that is set only two years past where we are now 
and it will continue to work for that way. Um, I think that this movie does all of that, the moral stuff that you were talking about, but it addresses something that a lot of films just will not, I think, feel comfortable addressing, and that a lot of people don't want to be addressed in their like sci-fi action blockbusters, right? And it's uh, more specifically than this nature versus nurture concept, it's literally about what right or what considerations, right? What right do you have? What considerations are you taking when you decide to bring a life into the world as it exists now? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's a little touchy for a lot of people. Right. Um, but I think that it's, it's something this movie definitely has on its mind. Like, isn't it a little fucked up that we brought Chappie into this shit? Yeah. Right. Uh, this is the situation that he has to deal with. Why do we only create things, right? You're, you're having a child just so that at some point it dies. Ultimately, that's the thing. Yeah, this and is that, not the, the movie, being that, continu- can, that can continue to go on. It has, because the battery is fused to this thing, it has a limited lifespan, so it can mm-hmm. only go, it literally, like a human being, can only go so far for so long. Right. Now, the movie does really interesting things from that setup, but, right, like, at its heart, that is what this movie's morality is about. Like, how could you be so cruel as to bring life into this situation, into Mm -hmm. these circumstances, in the world, as it exists, extrapolated just two years from our current socioeconomic political environment, right? And I think that's a really profound thing to say and to think about. Um, and I'm not sure that a lot of sci-fi movies are willing to go there. The last thing that the last sci-fi movie, and also a lot of people hated it, uh, that I really loved, uh, that did this kind of high minded hypothetical sci-fi stuff was Prometheus. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think that both of these movies, uh, Chappie has something else on its mind than just being the blockbuster action sci-fi flick. Uh, and and more, possibly more on its mind than District Nine does, uh, which is about very specific human interactions. Yeah, this, right, that, that's more that's more. I would say like the races, the racism, and, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And and this movie, I mean, like I don't know. I, I I thought I just for me it was just like God. There seems so much to think about in this movie, and I, I don't care where you really fall on the spectrum. But like in, in a sense, Dave Dave Patel's or Dev Patel's character is, is kind of like he's. I mean, like he says it many times. I'm your creator. I'm the one who you know kind of gave life to you. So he mm-hmm. kind of plays God in this scenario and is trying to push Chappie upon the right path in life and everything. But you yeah. have you know these surrogate parents that he has. Uh, uh, in these two characters uh, that are essentially just street urchins and thieves and everything that are trying to push him in this other direction. So is this battle between well, good ex- and evil? Except that even that relationship has complexity, right? Yeah, like, and it's not, exactly. It's not even it's not even that black and white at the same yeah. time, too, because you can tell in a lot of ways she really cares about this character and doesn't want anything happen to him. So there is kind of a there's a good and bad in between the dichotomy of those two characters as well within within uh, the relationship to Chappie. Yeah, no, I mean, I think Yolandi's character is actually really interesting, and I think she does a terrific job. Uh, it's really bizarre, uh, right, watching her play this character that is her but not her. Um, but I, I actually think that uh, her character is one of the more fascinating things in this movie. Um, 
overall, right? Just because of the complexity of the relationships that are established uh, that kind of all circle around her and how we process her in different environments and situations, right? The things that she's willing to do and not willing to do in relation to Chappie, in relation to Ninja, in relation to Dion. Um, and uh, I... I man, I like this fucking movie. I don't even... <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, And that's what I love about her character is that like, she's not a one-dimensional person. So in, in a sense, she's a lot like Chappie's little sister. She's a lot mm-hmm. like Chappie's mother and yeah. you know, and a lot like her friend as well. And so I almost think in, in a way she kind of represents in, in many senses, though they're not all good, but the many uh, you know, aspects of people and stuff that you can meet within life itself. And yeah. then, you know, and then Ninja's character is the more, you know, kind of here where the dark side of everything in life lies this path to ruin that mm-hmm. you know you're you're easily likely to go down because he does all the great things to him he puts all the kind of you know artwork on him and some gold chains around his neck and says here here's here's what you can have all you have to do is do this now Chappie knows deep down in his heart because his maker has told him these are not things that you should do but he finds a nice way of justifying them within the parameters of his own being and everything goes no it's okay if you do this right here so it's the capitulations that we make with ourselves every single day to do things that deep down inside we probably Probably know aren't the best things to be doing in the first place, and yeah. I think there's so much complexity in this that everybody I don't know what the fuck they're just washing it over with here, but I think there's a lot to dissect in this movie that people are just not fucking giving it credit for, and I think it's astoundingly stupid. I so they're, I that, they're not looking that. any deeper than what the surface level of this thing is. Um, so let's before well, here, we go here, ahead. Here's one last thing, uh, just about that. Uh, I think. Also, a lot of the problem seems to be coming from the fact that this movie is a, a mishmash of different things. Um, but I think that's what makes it work for me, right? So it never forms, and this is a little weird for a lot of people, I'm sure. It never forms like a coherent, cohesive whole, uh, at least as far as style and tone of the influence is concerned, right? So it's never entirely meshing its influences. It's not going to be RoboCop meets Short Circuit. There are entire portions of this movie that are just, this is Short Circuit, this is RoboCop, this is the fucking DeAntward album that we dropped, right? Like, it's just these separate components, and they don't come into, like, this meshed whole. They're kept kind of separate. But in a batshit way, it kind of works, uh, that it does that. And I, and, I, and I just find that fascinating as well, that that like there are just all these moving parts um, that don't form like a cohesive aesthetic statement like a lot of these films would, right? Um, it just is what it is from moment to moment, much, much like the character of Chappie is, right? And uh, I didn't quite like Chappie as a character, but I think that's also kind of the point, right, uh, of him. He's a little bit annoying. He's a little bit not likable. Um, but I no, mean, some Johnny Five, he is not. Right? <laughs> well, the thing is, is like with Chappie, I mean, like to me, because it's obviously, you know, he grows from, uh, you know, an infant to, you know, what would one would assume would be early adulthood within the time that he's on the planet. And uh, it's just that the the how he goes through this, how he's influenced by, you know, kind of whatever's in front of his face at the time. 
Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a very interesting idea of just him being able to have these kind of blinders on and really be pointed to any particular direction. And some things he kind of keeps with him. Some things are kind of put in his hand. He goes, no, my maker said that this is not a good thing to do. And then they just go, well, no, this is a little thing that you can do over here. And that kind of changes his opinion on things. They're still the same. He still has the same values that he had before, but they're twisted in a small little way. And well, because he's learning, right? Exactly. Like, he would, like a child would learn, like a teenager would learn, like someone in their 20s and 30s would learn, right? But like it's, even, it's growth. But even like slight spoilers here. Uh, but, you know, so they go they go beyond, you know, a certain point. You know, they we find out fairly early on, actually, that Chappie has a lifespan to him. That he yeah. that he's gonna die within this certain amount of time, and uh, so and I I don't know. There's just a weird kind of cool little part about them, you know, then going and carrying their consciousness on to another being, and now how that was, you know, we we put uh, you know Deb Patel's character that goes you know transfers into another thing, he transfers into another body. So kind of like you know just the them moving on to a further plane of existence and stuff like that. I think there's so much interesting things to talk about and think about here, and we haven't even gotten into you know Hugh Jackman and what he brings to the table in all this as well I think there's so much fascinating talk about this that these people are looking at this number one from a just general sci-fi perspective mm-hmm. and not are really and they're not willing to sit back and think about it and just thought fucking District 9 was a movie about bugs and aliens it wasn't a movie about racism which well, it clearly fucking was movie, well I think they got that right I think that maybe movie... to a degree but I know some people that did not well, of course, but but I think that movie, by and large, like functions on a surface level of that, right? On the same level that Elysium, right? Like, literally, the plot is about people who are poor not being able to get to like the stratus, literally the stratosphere, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and so, and so, I think Chappie's just a little more complex than that. It's not wearing uh, what it's doing necessarily in its plot. Uh, it's not wearing it on its sleeve in any way. It's Elysium just, was very broad, no doubt. Yeah, uh, it's just ve- like I think it's doing just a lot. It's got a lot of things on its mind, and it's very uh, kind of playing it close to the close to the vest. Um, and I think that throws some people off. I think Hugh Jackman being a huge militaristic dickhole uh, that is wholly unlikable and is a sociopath is probably off-putting to a general audience as well. Um, you know, because he's, he's a good, Wolverine. Yeah, he's the good because, guy we all know. Because, of course, Wolverine's not a fucking violent sociopathic asshole. But at the, <laughs> but at the same time, too, there's a weird there's a weird little bit about him at the same time that also, you know, knows that these things shouldn't necessarily have a mind of their own. And, you know, having a mind of somebody else, now, granted, it depends upon what mind that you put in it at the same time, uh, you know, who who are we to let these things become sentient and let them go out? Is that the right thing to do? It's also a very interesting question to raise in and of yeah. itself. Uh, so I think there's so much to really delve into here that people are just going at this on such a base level that it kind of it, it annoys me a little bit to just think. Now let's let's get into let's kind of transition for uh, last couple of seconds here, wrapped in everything up. Sure. Um, let's transition into what I think may have happened with this movie. Okay. As, as far as rating, as far as rating system goes, so Neil Blomkamp has been uh, shown to be the guy who's going to direct the next Alien film. Uh, so unofficially titled, we'll say Alien Five. So there's been some reports back and forth about this, that, and the other, and uh, you know he wants to bring Ripley back and a whole bunch of nine yards. Now, I, I wonder what this movie's reception would have been like had that information not come out till say four months down the line. 
I mm. think there's a weird fucking part of me that thinks the announcement of that before this movie was screened for critics and stuff that did not in one way or another shape people's opinions of this movie. And I think that's fucking weird. And I could be wrong. This may just me be talking out of my ass. I'm the first person to admit it. But this movie feels like almost a reaction. I, I think people were stoked kind of with him, with the idea of him directing a new Alien film. I mean, the, the art that he put out was very, yeah. very interesting. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, uh, there's a lot of pressure on somebody that's going to, you know, direct, you know, not the next Prometheus movie, but the literally the next Alien film that would be produced by Ridley Scott. And mm-hmm. so, like, this was going to be the next big, big thing, you know? And I think so much weird criticism came down on this movie, and I I don't know. Maybe I just... is. Am I alone in that thought? So you think people didn't like it because they don't like the idea of... No, not necessarily. I think they like the idea of it, but for some weird reason, it made them shit on this movie more than they would have had they known that that was not what he was planning on doing. Like, Um, I think, like, the announcement of this film may have shredded people's sort of pre-imagination of what this movie was and or should could have been. I don't know. This is just... I don't know about that. I don't either. That's what... I'm just throwing it out there. It's just a thought. Because that's the only thing that I can... Think because like to no, have th- it be at twenty eight percent seems fucking low to I me. Just, I just think stylistically, it's something that they were not anticipating, right? It's definitely the movie is not what the trailer sells. I'll tell you that shit. It's not what the trailer sells. Everything like the trailer does sell what the movie kind of is in one way, but it does not sell you what you get. Um, and I think that that uh, is, I think that plays into it. I just just think the movie's weird and people are just off put by because on one hand it's like pretty conventional but it's also there's so much weirdness going on Uh, strange choices strange uh, acting right Um, weird art quirks yeah it's just weird uh, on a level that I don't think would be expected for this type of movie and so while you have right some critics right that 28% they're critics that like dig weirdness a little more. I mean, look at some of the names on that list and I guarantee you it's people who, who like their shit a little messed up. Yeah. Uh, right. It's not your hardcore, um, like, Oh, Ingmar Bergman, fucking amazing art cinema dudes. Right. Um, or maybe it is, I don't know, but, uh, but that's my, that's my thought on that is, is that 28% saw something that the rest of these people, Uh, The rest of the critics just did not see because of their own biases or blindness toward experiencing something uh, slightly different. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about the about the rating or like the critics. Um, I I just think we do want to say one more thing, because we've given this guy a lot of shit on our show (laughs) uh, for Interstellar. And I got to say, Hans Zimmer's score for this movie is great. Yeah. Great, great, score. Fan, fantastic, and it blends really seamlessly with the uh, Deantward songs, which show up on the soundtrack, which is also a weird fucking thing. <laughs> uh, there's, there's some way that this movie functions as like a weird Deantward commercial, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? A lot, right? I mean, and they do this in real life, like. Like, I think maybe I've, I've seen it mentioned negatively in some reviews that like Yolandi and Ninja walk around with clothes that have like, oh, Deantward and Yolandi and Ninja and names of their albums and shit on it. But like they do that 
They do that in real life, which just like they are playing themselves. It's fucking bizarre. And and here's the thing, and like and, and if you're somebody like me that like I mean I've heard the name of the band before, but I don't know nothing from nothing. So you know, it don't it, nothing bothered me. I just thought these are some very interesting people. Mm. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know either. I just I, I don't know what people were expecting out of this movie. I don't know. Well, I fucking loved it. So that's, I, I liked it a lot too. And so I, like, I loved it. So uh, yeah, if you've seen this movie and if you love it, if you hate it, email us at thefilmfind@gmail.com. Yeah, I, I, I want to know what people think about this movie because it's it's very is very diversive and like it didn't make a shit ton of money at the box office this week. But uh, I mean, if you're in for something that's gonna at least make you think a little bit more than your average, then fucking uh, what's it? What's the goddamn? See, I've already forgotten the new uh, the uh, the fucking other flick we reviewed, unfinished business. Unfinished business. You know, it, it's gonna make you think a little bit more than that movie would, or even about its name for that matter. It will, it will literally make you think a hundred percent more. About things, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that unfinished business, but stuff. you know, I mean, check it, check it out. I'm, I'm really interested to see what people also think yeah, about shoot this us movie. An email, right? Because uh, and what, what is we, it? It's filmfind at gmail. Yeah, the filmfind at gmail Just email us that. Tell us what you thought of the movie, because uh, I really like to get other people's perspective, even if you hated it. Because yeah, we're maybe, not we're not going to chide you for disliking you're this movie. Crazy, I don't know. Yeah, because I got out of that movie and I'm just like, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was really but good. I, but I also have to say, like we, uh, Marsh and I went to see it um, Friday uh, night, and there were it was a handful of people. It wasn't packed, right? It was a dozen, twenty people, maybe. Um, I don't think, aside from one couple that I heard talking about how just weird it was, like people walked out of that movie pleased. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get a bad vibe. So. I, I don't fucking know. Anyway, write us an email. Number Tell one at the box think. office didn't make a shitload of money, but number one, nevertheless. <laughs> I'd yeah, br- I mean, if I was Neil Blomkamp, I'd, la- I'd, I'd put my head on that. I'd be like, number one at the box office, bitches. Yeah, but you only got nine. No, 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 shut up. <laughs> well, number one at the box office. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it, everybody. That is our uh, new release review of this week, our second one, actually. And uh, so if you have any questions, comments, email, suggestions, anything like that, you want us to cover something, just go and uh, email us at thefilmfind at gmail.com. We'll read whatever we get on the air. That's just how we do things here. So uh, until next week, we'll talk about what we're going to review on the next week's show. Until then, Matt, where can we find more of your work on the Internet this week, Uh, Splitscreen.wordpress.com, conspiracymediatheory.tumblr.com, and I'm on Twitter. I've got some followers that, uh, that I've uh, noticed trickling in at Matt underscore Boyd underscore Smith. So follow me on there. Make uh, it happen, people. I'm, I'm talking about cool shit. Usually I'm just retweeting Devin Faraci. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Unfollow. <laughs> that fucker blocked me years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. He blocked he, he, he blocked me. I made one little fucking snide comment to his dumb ass because I thought it was fucking funny. Now, this is before he lost all the weight. And I and as a fat man, I can say this to other fat men because it's it's like using the N word. You can do it whatever you want if you, if it's applicable to you. So he so Sidney Lamette died right, and like and he took the he took the fucking chance to just to just kind of wax his own dick a little bit. He's just like I was trying to think of a way that you know that um you know I could r- relate back to Sidney Lamette. Then I remember that I tried out for him in a role of some such or fucking other, and I'm just like go fuck yourself. You just like I was just that kind of it rubbed me the wrong way. 
way of you're taking a man's death to go, I remember when I auditioned for him. Wasn't that great that I did? Well, yeah, you didn't get it, number one, motherfucker. Number two, and I was just like, oh, I, for Running Scared was the movie that he actually, and I said, and so I tweeted at him, that's funny, I thought the only thing that you ran for was the fridge, and he blocked me. And, uh, you know, as a fat man to another fat man, I can say that. I mean, I, that wasn't too bad. And he's just like, blocked, and I'm like, mission accomplished. Go fuck yourself. What? Just so, just so fucking touchy. What a bitch. Anyways, I'm glad you got that. I'm glad you got your ass knocked out of Fantastic Fest. Anyways, follow us on the film find at gmail.com. That's the email address. Go email me, Devin. I'd like to. I'd like to talk to you and arm muscle. Um, he doesn't listen. To no, he shit. doesn't. He doesn't. He only thing listens to himself is wax and poetic about what he thinks is smart. Go fuck yourself. Um, hashtag go fuck yourself. Uh, you can go listen to our uh, to listen to my other podcast, Hear Movie Podcast at hearmoviepodcast.com. This week we reviewed uh, The Incredibles. Don't know if you heard of it. Little indie film. Good movie. Is that from the guy that made that Mission Impossible flick? Yep, it's that one. He also uh, he did a movie before that Mission Impossible flick. Was it called The Iron Giant? No, oh, that one too. <laughs> <laughs> he did that little thing. He did that Vin Diesel flick, you know. Oh. Uh, well. But yeah, so good good stuff. So go over there well. at filmfind.com, check that out. Uh, so next week we're going to be doing uh, the new Liam Neeson's movie. Yeah. Liam Neeson's is in a movie. With, with, uh, with co-star Joel Kinnaman. From the killing and that uh, other movie that I didn't go see last year. Anybody? He, any Joel Kinnaman fans? Mm, huh? mm, uh, no hands he's, raised. He's all right. I don't think anybody really knows who he is. <laughs> I think he, he's one the, of those faces that you're pretty popular. He was in. He, hold on, I'm gonna look him up on. He's IMDb. one of those faces that I think a lot of people see and just go, I fucking know him from something, but I can't lay a finger on it. So we're gonna be reviewing that next week, and then uh, you know, a couple other things. So uh, we'll be talking about a whole bunch of other shit. So why don't oh, you some fucking RoboCop? He was fucking RoboCop. Oh, what? well, he's behind the goddamn mask for three-fourths of the time, so you can't no, bloody well see him. No, because they changed everything to make it more not that bullshit. Yeah, uh, but he looked funny, that and that, that don't look like him, though. Anyway, I like that movie more than people hated. Safe House was all right. Wasn't great, but it was all right. Well, uh, so here's here's the thing. I'll talk about this uh, next week when we talk about Run All Night, uh, I'm sure. But he's in a great, and I mean this, like seriously great Swedish flick. Uh, from 2010 called Easy Money that is a must watch. Hmm. I'm, I'm going to tell you guys that fucking put that on the list today. Maybe you'll uh, have some knowledge next week when you when you uh, check out the podcast. Prep thyself, as they say. Yeah, it, Easy Money. It is fucking solid. It was on Netflix for a while. That's not with Woody Harrelson. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> no, this movie's good. Okay. Are you saying what he hears? Okay. No, I'm uh, saying in 2007 or so, he was not doing so great. <laughs> not so hot. Uh, so that's it, everybody. Uh, join us back here for, uh, it's called Running, was it? Run All Night? Run All Night. That's it. Yeah, I was about to say Running Scared. I'm like, that's not right. Liam <laughs> Neeson Kills People, part 13. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, watch another 60-year-old man bust some fucking heads open. So that's what we're going to be doing next week. Uh, so until then, everybody, for Matt Smith, I'm Madam Portress. Take it easy, everybody. <laughs> Man, Imp left a tech and a nine at my crib. Turned himself in, he had to do a bid. A one to three, he be home the end of 93. I'm ready to get this paper, G. You with me? Motherfucking right. My pockets looking kind of tight. And I'm stressed. Yo, Biggie, let me get the vest. No need for that. Just grab the fucking gap. The first pocket that's fat. The tech is to his back. Word is born, I'ma smoke him. Yo, don't fake no moves. What? Treat it like boxing. Stick and move. Stick and Nigga, move. you ain't got to explain shit. I've been robbing motherfuckers since.
is the slave ship with the same clip and the same four five two point blank a motherfucker sure to die that's my word nigga even try to go guard have his mother sing it it's so hard yes love love your fucking attitude because the nigga play pussy that's the nigga that's getting screwed and bruised up from the pistol whipping webs on the neck from the necklace stripping then i'm dipping up the block and i'm robbing bitches too up the heron bones and bamboos i wouldn't give a fuck if you're in error give me the baby rings and the number one mom pendant huh. i'm slamming niggas like shaquille shit is real when it's time to eat a meal i rob and steal because mom duke ain't giving me shit so for the bread and butter i leave niggas in the gutter huh. word the mother i'm dangerous crazier than a bag of fucking angel dust when i bust my gap, motherfuckers take dirt naps. I'm all that and a dime sack. Where the paper at? When he's sticking you and taking all your money. Give me the loot, give me the loot. Devin, that Devin Ferracci joke, or that that story is absolutely true. 
No, I, I that you. motherfucker. He just, I don't know. It just seemed like such a like suck his own dick moment that it just kind of bugged me. And I was just like, I'll tweet out a little something I thought was funny. And it was just like, it was automatic, just blocked. And I was like, oh, fuck yourself. I, I don't hate the guy, but he is, he's a bit of a blowhard. But then again, many would argue that I am too. So I, I can't say much <laughs> different. I, I think there is a certain personality type drawn to what we do yeah (laughs) just a bunch of assholes a bunch of assholes talking to one another and we don't even have the decency to bleach and pluck no here's the thing too it's just like you know and i had this there there was one when i was like a kid um there was another there was another kid that like i i like i hated this guy i totally hated him and, like, one day it really sprung on me, and I just figured it out, and I was just like, I hate him because he's fucking like me. <laughs> he's so yeah. much like me in a lot of ways. That's why I hate him. I feel like I felt like I was just being, you know, like it was going at me, like like he was, like, challenging who I was. But when we didn't really realize is, I don't think either of us realized, we're fucking a lot alike. That's why we don't like each other, because it feels like the other guy's trying to fucking step in and stuff. So, you know, I, I, I've I've been a little bit more sensitive to that kind of stuff now where I'd sit back and I go, do I hate him just because he's like me? <laughs> so, I don't know. 